Hey guys, this is Bia. Welcome to the Audience of One podcast. Before we start the original program for this podcast, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer saying that the audio is not the best in this first episode because I had some technical issues with it while I was recording it. And I just decided to post it anyways because I didn't think it was that horrible because it's just a few parts of it in which the audio it's kind of annoying but I'm still learning to use all the equipment and I promise the next one will be way better but other than that I hope you can be blessed by it and I hope you enjoy it hey guys this is Bia and welcome to the first episode of the audience of one podcast so in this first episode I will be mainly talking about was the podcast, how I came up with the idea of creating this podcast, and a little bit about myself and my story with sports and Jesus. So I was doing my 8 a.m. class. It is a business policy and strategy class. And I was just in class paying attention. Well, at that point, I wasn't really paying attention anymore. But anyways, I was in class and this crazy idea of creating a Christian slash sports podcast came to my mind and I was picturing myself talking to all these pro athletes and talking to them about how they live their life for God and how do they glorify God in their sports and their lives and everything and then I thought whoa wait a second this is insane like I've never had an idea like this ever in my life. But I, I got a pen, I went down and I started writing down on my hand. So I wrote Christian slash sports podcast. That's exactly what I wrote on my hand. And a few seconds later I thought, but how would I do it? Like, I don't have the equipment. I don't have the money. I'm not known by anyone in that industry. Like how on earth would I be able to do something like that? And then immediately after that, the name came to my mind and I wrote down Audience of One Podcast. And I was like, God, this is crazy. Like, I'm just going to hold that thought for now. I'm in class. Let me pay attention. And then later we'll think about this. So I wrestled with it throughout the whole day and I prayed a lot to God, asking him if this was really from him. And if it was, then he would open the doors. And if it wasn't, then he would tell me like, now at this moment, because I told him, if it's not from you, God, I don't wanna waste my time doing something that you don't want me to do. So please just let me know, okay? I'll be thinking about it, I'll continue to pray about it, please let me know if it's not from you. And he didn't tell me that. So he actually kept opening doors and everything. So I didn't talk about it like at all for like a day. I just prayed and thought about it. And the next day I really had to talk to someone because that was driving me crazy because I really wanted to do it. I was so excited. It was the perfect combination of everything that I like. I love people, I love sports, and I obviously love Jesus. So doing something in which I would be able to talk to people about sports and Jesus was perfect. Like, I never felt so excited about a project in my life. So I went and I called my mom and I was talking to her and I was just explaining to her the idea that I have, like exactly how I just explained to you guys. And she said, okay, let's pray about it. And if it's from you, 
we're gonna do this. But she told me that we're gonna pray about it and that if it's from God, he's gonna open doors and everything is gonna be okay. I said, yeah, okay, I agree. So after a while, I called my dad and my dad is more impulsive than my mom. So when I told him, he was like, that's such a great idea. You need to start researching, you need to start talking to people and everything because you need to start somewhere, right? So start with your friend, just start like people that you know from college and everything. And I was like, well, that's great, but slow down. Like, it's just a thought for now. But he was so excited about it. My mom was excited too, but she was more like, yeah, let's pray about it. And my dad was like, yeah, you need to start researching, you need to start preparing, make a list of everything that, that, you, that you have to do to prepare for it. And I'm like, okay, okay, bye, let me think about this. So I started researching on how to create a podcast, how to upload a podcast to the audience so they would be able to see it and listen to it. So I made all my research. I talked to a few of my friends, asked for their opinion on what they would like to hear on the podcast. I gathered a lot of information, kept praying, and God opened opened so many doors to talk to some some people that I thought would be nice to talk to in the podcast, and they said yes, they would like to come and join me. And I got the equipment, I got the camera, I got everything from the school. So it was such a blessing, like. God took care of every single detail and that is proof enough that it is from him. So the whole concept of the podcast is to talk to Christian athletes, talk to ex-Christian athletes and coaches and people around the sports world and talk to them about how they live their life in their sport and outside of their sport with an audience of one. And you might be asking, what is an audience of one? Like, what does that mean? And this concept was created into the thought of living your life with one audience. And is mainly applied to sports because while you're playing your sport, for example, there might be a hundred million people watching you, if you're a pro athlete, obviously, but there might be a hundred million people watching you and you're not concerned about any of them, you're not concerned about yourself, you're playing for an audience of one, and that audience is God. So I'll be talking to first my friends and people that I look up to, and I'll be talking to them on how they glorify God first in their sports and their life, and hopefully it will help you, motivate you to do the same in your life. And I really want this to be such an encouragement and such a fun time for people to just come and listen to people's stories and listen to them talking about how they glorify God in their lives. But before I go ahead and talk to all these people, I would like to tell you guys a little bit about my story in sports and God in sports as well in my life. So I grew up in church. I've always known God. There was never a really a moment in which I came to know God. No, it was like my whole life. I grew up hearing about Him and I accepted Him as Lord and Savior of my life from a pretty young age. I was around seven, eight and I was at a church camp and I'm from Brazil, by the way. So if you're from Joinville, more specifically from the Igreja Evangelho Interno in Joinville, 
you will know Joadi and it's like a scout kind of thing, but not really, it's like Christian scout in a way. And we went to camps and we met every single Saturday and we did like a bunch of fun activities and we learned about God and about life in general. So I was at this camp and um, the person that was preaching asked a few of the kids if they had accepted God as already savior of their life. And a few people like me had, hadn't do that, we hadn't said it to God. So we went up front and we knelt down and we just repeated the prayer that the pastor was asking us to repeat. And it was actually such a sweet moment. It was the first time that I got to experience the Holy Spirit in a more visible way. Like I could feel him in me and I could see other people experiencing the same thing. So it was awesome, it was such a sweet moment, and I'll never forget it. But my life in sports began from a very young age as well. I don't remember what year I was, but I started with ballet, and I loved it, it was such a fun time. I went with a bunch of my friends from school, and we danced, and we rehearsed choreographies, and we performed to our parents, and because we were very little, I loved it. I was, I was so good at it. I was having the best time of my life. And then a few years later I changed schools and this school that I was in now offered a rhythm gymnastics program that we would dance for the school. And it was the first time in my life that I encountered myself in a competitive environment. Because before with ballet we were just performing our dances. We weren't really competing with anyone. And then with that rhythm gymnastics program, I could compete against other schools and against other people because there were like group competitions and individual competitions. And I felt so nervous before every single competition, but I loved it. I loved rehearsing all the dances and being there and performing the best I could. And yeah, I just loved it. And I was actually very good at it. It was something that was very easy for me, dancing. and. Although I didn't need to put that much effort into it because it's something that I was naturally good at. So technically I didn't have to put that much effort, but I did. I worked so hard at it because I am such a perfectionist and I want to be the best in everything that I do. I want everything that I do to be the best. So I unintentionally worked so hard and wanted to be the most perfect dancer in that class let's put it that way and it was like that with every single area of my life I was good at dance I was good at school I had so many good grades and I worked hard to get the best grades I had all the friends I was having a great relationship with my family great relationships with everyone around me I had the best life okay everything was exactly the way I wanted and after rhythm gymnastics, I started dancing jazz, and then after that, both of those programs in my school, they were cut off, probably because of financial reasons. I don't really remember the reason why, but it's probably financial reasons. And then after that, I joined the um, uh, contemporary dance at my church. We had a little group, and it wasn't competition anymore because it was just from church. But I was still dancing, and I was still doing what I loved. And at some point, that group also ended, and I don't remember why, I really don't. But then, my world just, like, stopped. Like, wait. 
I'm not doing dance anymore. I've done it my whole life. I don't know how to do anything else. Like, what am I going to do? So then one of my friend's mom from my church talked to my mom and said that her daughter was going to start playing tennis. And she asked if me and my sisters, because I have two younger sisters and they're twins, she asked if we would like to start having class with her. And my mom talked to my dad. They liked the idea and they said, yeah, sure, let's go. And before that, I had never ever heard about tennis in my life. I had never seen a racket, I had never seen a tennis ball, nothing, I had no clue. But I went and it was fun. We had 30 minute classes twice a week and I was having a good time. And I started to slowly get good at it. And around 13 years old, I started with 12 to play tennis. And then around 13, like close to 14, it was like a month before my 14th birthday, I went to my first competition and I realized that I sucked so bad, like so bad. I lost badly and it was the first time in my life that I was not actually good at something. And at that moment, my world was collapsed. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not good at this. What am I gonna do? So. I started to work so hard and practice so hard to be better than all these girls that I was playing with. And the reason why is because I started with 12, right? And most people, when they start to play tennis, when they're kids, they start with like three, four, seven years old. And I started with 12. So for tennis, it's such a big gap. Obviously, with every single sport, the longer you do it, the better you'll become at it. But with tennis, that difference in like the amount of time that you've been doing at that age has such a big difference later on in life it doesn't change as much but at that age it made such a big difference and I realized it and I was like dang I really want to work hard for it so I can be better and I can start beating those girls so that's what I did I went to practice and I worked so hard I thought about it all the time I wanted to be the best, I wanted to prove to people that I could do it, that I could win. And it all led to a lot of pain, a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity, and a lot of shame. And I didn't see it coming because all I was focusing on was getting better to prove to people and prove to myself that I could beat them, that I could be good. And it got worse when I was in ninth grade, that would be equivalent to the freshman year of high school here in the United States but in Brazil we don't have four years of high school we have three so it was on ninth grade when I heard about the possibility of coming to the United States to play and study at a university with a scholarship and it was like so excited about this I had never felt more excited about anything in my life I'm not kidding I was like god that's what I want to do I want to go there and I want to study at an American University. I had no clue what I was going to do if I got there. I had literally no clue what I wanted to study, but I knew that I wanted to get there. So I started working twice as hard to be able to accomplish that goal. I started studying so hard for the tests and everything. And my perfectionist self put a lot of pressure on myself that no one was putting. No one really believed in me because again, I wasn't really good <laughs> at what I was doing, but I wanted it so bad, so I was so willing to make it happen. And during that time, I was 
battling so much with all this idea of doing your best for God and not for yourself. And it was so hard because, again, I am very perfectionist and I love control. So doing something that wasn't like for me to be the best was for God to be the center was so hard for me to apply it. I understood the concept of it, but the application was so hard and I struggled with it for years. I just saw myself not being able to do it and I prayed like, God, why can't I do this? Like, I want to do it for you. I want to glorify you, but I don't know how to do this. And it was because my focus wasn't on him. It wasn't the goal. It wasn't the dream that I had. It wasn't my performance. It wasn't what people were thinking of me and my comparison with other people. And it hurted me a lot. I started to have a lot of struggles with anger and I was very rude to other people. And I didn't know why, because I was not doing it intentionally, but it was because of all the hurt and the pain that was inside of me and all the shame. Like literally every time that I lost a game or while I was playing and I was losing, I felt so scared and so ashamed that all I wanted to do was to dig a hole right there and hide so no one could see me ever again. That's how I felt. And that's what sin does in your life. It makes you want to hide, it makes you feel ashamed, it makes you feel guilty, it makes you feel unworthy. And it was hard, I was struggling with it for so long. And I just couldn't, I prayed so hard, like, God, please show me how I can do this. And I kept getting better at it. Slowly, I kept understanding that it's all about the intention of your heart and the intention of why you're doing something. You can do the best for you. You can do the best for your family. You can do the best for the people that are watching you play. And you can do the best for God. If you do it for God, your heart has to be settled on Him. Your intention has to be on glorifying Him. If it's not, you'll be glorifying everything else but Him. And I really understood that at the moment that I had the scholarship, I had the college that I wanted to go. My dream was right in front of me, but I couldn't have it because on the year 2020, COVID happened and I couldn't get my student visa. And without a student visa, People that are not from the U.S. cannot come to the United States. So the dream that was right around the corner seemed so far away now because something that was out of my control didn't allow me to go. And I felt so frustrated. Like, God, why did you let me do this? Like, why did you let me work so hard? Why did you let me go through so much hurt and so much pain just so I couldn't have what I worked so hard for for so long and i kept asking him that and i felt so sad i felt so lost i had no clue what i was gonna do because at that time we had no clue what proportion COVID was gonna happen to like when the what it first hit we thought it was gonna be like two weeks like oh it's gonna be okay but it was august and it was still going going strong so i felt scared like god without this like i don't know what i'm gonna do i have no plan b it was going there or going there for me. So one day he told me through my cousin after church that if he opened the door, the door would not be closed. So that was the first time actually that he had told me that I was gonna go and it was exactly when I couldn't go, ironically, right? God is, God is crazy and he moves in ways that we don't understand. 
And at that point, I really didn't understand. It was like, how are you telling me that I'm going to go if I can't go? So it took like a lot of faith and trust in him that he would keep his promises to me. So I studied online during my freshman year in Brazil because, again, I couldn't travel to the United States. And the year of 2020, especially the second half, was so hard. I, again, felt so lost and I had no clue what was going to happen. And I was so tired of living in fear and living scared of living, like, not knowing who I was anymore. So on New Year's Eve from the year 2020 to the year 2021, it was the first time that I ever made the prayer of saying, God, I surrender everything to you. I have no plans. I have no perspective for the year 2021. All the things that I dreamed of were shattered. And you told me that you keep your promise to me. I don't know when, but I will wait on you. I will trust that you have the best for me. The struggle is the best. So do whatever you want with this year because I have nothing. I have no clue what's going to happen. And 2021 was for sure one of the best years of my life so far. 2020 was the worst, but 2021 was one of the best. I saw God move in so many ways. I got my driver's license that I couldn't get in 2020 because of COVID. I got my driver's license. It was a process, but I got it. I got my student visa on March 12th, and I finally felt like things were moving and I would actually be able to go. And I got to the school and it was everything that I ever dreamed of. God took care of every single detail of that year, like everything. And literally the only thing that I thought that I was gonna have that year was my cousin's wedding. And I actually could not go because it was, it got pushed back to November because of COVID and I could actually not travel because I was in the United States and I couldn't just go to Brazil at any time. So literally the only thing that I thought that I was gonna have in that year, I did and God moved everything. Like he did everything the way he wanted and it ended up being perfect. I enjoyed so much of my, the first semester especially. It, I had the word yes in my mind that I was gonna say yes to every single thing that I wanted to do because I lost my whole freshman year I didn't have the college experience that I wanted to have because I was literally kind of stuck in Brazil. So that sophomore year was my first year on campus and I wanted to enjoy as much as I could. I wanted to do everything that I possibly could to have the best time of my life and I did. I said yes to everything that I thought that I should and I had so many new experiences. It was a year of so many new things. I experienced so many things that I had never in my life and it was awesome. I don't regret anything. But on my second semester of sophomore year, I started to struggle a lot with tennis, even more, actually. I was so into during the first semester, but then during the second semester, I realized that I was not gonna play on the team. We had 15 girls at the time on the tennis team, and mainly only eight play, so me being one of the worst in the team had no chance of playing ever and it just sucked because the coach never really gave me a chance to play so i was already like almost a year on my college career in tennis and i hadn't played a single match 
in tennis, like from my team. All I did was cheer and barely practice because sometimes they never even went there to see me practice. So it was so hard. I felt so out of place. I felt very lonely. I felt with no purpose. And I prayed so much for this team. I had the dream of having a close team and we would have Bible studies together and we would be able to glorify God together. Obviously, not every single person, not everyone believes in God, but I wanted to be able to show that love and show my love for them as well. And I was never able to because I wasn't really friends with most of the girls on the team. I was very close friends with the guys. They're my buddies, but not every single one, but most of them. But the girls, most of them, like, those are the kind of people that, like, I have nothing against. They're so nice to me, I'm nice to them, but, like, we're not friends, most of them. And it was so hard to me because I had all those dreams and I was not seeing anything happening. And especially during my first semester of my junior year of college, it was so hard. I felt so sad every single day because I couldn't bear to go to tennis practices anymore. I went there and I felt so stressed. I, all I could do was look at the clock because we have a tower clock right next to the course. So all I could do was look at that clock and count how many minutes I had left to leave practice because I couldn't be there anymore. Because why was I there? I thought, no one here cares about me. Like the coach doesn't even come to my court sometimes to coach me and the other girl that is here suffering the same things as I am. And I felt so sad and asked God, like, why is this happening? Like I've been being faithful. I've been waiting for so long for an opportunity to be able to play and to show my abilities and just nothing ever happened. And I cried so much that first semester. I was so sad and I just wanted to change things. I didn't want to play tennis anymore. I couldn't play tennis on that team anymore. And I prayed so much for God to show me an opportunity to leave if you wanted me to leave because I couldn't do that anymore. It was not being healthy for me at all. And I was looking for other jobs that would possibly give me like some sort of money, but nothing was similar to the small scholarship that I had now because I came in with a good scholarship and because obviously I was not playing on the team. He cut my scholarship. I had less than half of half of it. So it was so hard. I was trying to see other ways to have that money because I couldn't just let my parents pay that much. And I had another scholarship because I was working as an RA and that stands for a resident assistant. And it gives a good scholarship. It pays for your housing because you work for the housing department. So they pay for your housing as your payment for the job and it gave me a lot of money so that was good I never thought that I was gonna have that job but it ended up being such a blessing for me and this money helped me a lot financially to keep going to college so I was so desperate like God I don't know what to do anymore I don't want to do this anymore I just don't want to play tennis anymore but one day during the second semester in which we couldn't play on the course anymore because NAA has this rule in which on the fall semester, which is not our main season, which is in the spring, we have only a certain amount of weeks that we can practice on the course. So those weeks were up, so we couldn't practice with the coach on the course anymore. We could just do physical work like running and go to the gym and things like that. So we started going to the track to do running workouts there. And when I started running, something clicked and I was like, God, that could be it. 
I could do this, I could be good at this. So I prayed a lot about this. And one day I was talking to one of my friends that was on the track team and I told her everything that was going on, that I was so exhausted, I couldn't do that anymore. And then I asked her for the number of her coach and she gave it to me and I texted him, I explained the situation to him and I asked if I could go to his office to talk to him and he said, sure. So I went to his office and I came in there and I said, okay, this is kind of crazy, but I want to try and see if I can join the team. I have never done this in my life. I have never ran ever in my life competitively. Competitively, gosh, that word is hard. But I told him, give me one week to see if I like it, to see if you like it, to see if it's worth it, to see if I could have a potential to be good at it or not. And then we talk from that. So he said, okay, sure. And I was like, good, perfect. So it was finals week, it was the last week of school this semester. And I went there and I practiced, and I'm not gonna lie, it was the worst and the best week that I could have possibly ever practiced with them. It was one of the hardest weeks of practice in my life. And I was so out of shape for that because we didn't do as much for tennis. You know, especially here, it was I was doing things basically on my own, physically wise, like for endurance, for strength. So I was not prepared physically for that at that point and it was raining and cold the whole week and I was already stressed because of finals because I was studying so much and taking all these tests but in a way it was the best as well because I could really prove to them that I was all in that I really wanted it at that time I was out of desperation because I really wanted to get out of that situation that I was with the tennis team but I did it I worked so hard there and I did actually better than I thought that I would and better than they thought that I would do as well. So a week after that, he texted me again and said, Sobia, you want to join the track team? And I said, yes, I do. So he covered all my scholarship, the same exact amount that I had for tennis. And that was such a blessing. That was exactly what I needed. And God always gave us exactly what we need no more nor less and I got the money, I talked to tennis coach, I explained the situation I told him that I didn't want to be part of the team anymore and then I was officially at the track team so I've been doing it since January of this year, 2023 and God has moved in so many ways in me and through me since I joined this team because I truly feel like I'm doing what he asked me to do. I was shaped a lot through my tennis journey and humbling me and teaching me how to actually glorify God in my sport. And now in track, I can say with 100% confidence that I am doing everything for him and only him. I step on that track and I run for him. I can intentionally put my heart and my mind into glorifying him and doing my best for God and it makes such a difference it takes a lot of faith because I just started it I have never ever done track in my whole life even though my dad always asked me to just try it because he saw the potential in me I guess to be a runner because he used to do the decathlon back in the 
back in the day and he was second the country so he was good he knows the stuff and he always told me to and my excuse was always like no I'm dancing oh no I'm doing tennis I want to be good at tennis I have a goal with tennis like I don't want to do, do track he's running every single day you're kidding me I don't want to do that but I fell in love with it so quickly I fell in love with racing so I basically do the sprints sign out I do 100 200 400 4x4 four four, all the good stuff and I learned to love it so much, I never thought that I would. I ran from track my whole life, but now I can truly say that I am doing what God gave me the ability to do. It is, again, as was with dancing, something that comes more naturally to me than tennis, way more naturally, but I can still work hard and put all my effort into it, but now I am doing it with the right intention, with the right purpose, that is to glorify God above all else. And I feel so happy. I've been accomplishing so much in this team and so many other things that I prayed for over the tennis team I have on this team now. I create a Bible study and a few of the girls join me for breakfast um, once a week to talk about God and I've been having a great relationship with everyone. I've made so many friends. I've been doing great on my sport, so much better than I thought that I would and it's all because of him. So yeah, this is the end of my story for now. It continues every single day and I hope you guys could just take something from this and I hope that God will touch your hearts and I hope that you will join me for the next episode of the podcast so God bless you and hopefully I'll see you in the next episode bye